Hello, hello to episode 42 of The Feminine Critique. I am Emily. With me, as always, is... Christine. Indeed. With us, as sometimes, is... Erica. Now, Erica's joining us today, as we have, uh, we, we've led up to this one. We were all very excited about this episode. Uh, we're covering two movies, um, two very different movies, although maybe they have some similarities. Some, some thematic similarities. Anyone agree? No. Nope. Okay, then. I, I see how everybody <laughs> felt about my pick, which was Domestic Disturbance from 2001. Um, I don't think... Any, I would be impressed if I said that title and anybody out there was like, oh yeah, that movie, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, and yet I remember the trailers for it, because I think I remember the trailer saying, Domestic Disturbance, because it's that kind of title. Um, but the other movie we're covering is probably a little more exciting to most people, other than like the fanboys of John Travolta, and that movie is... Gone and girl. that movie is... Gone Girl. Yay! Disturbance. God, these cues, I guess. <laughs> gotta work on our timing here, ladies. Goodness. Gone Girl, directed by... Domestic Disturbance. <laughs> Starring... <laughs> directed Domestic by David... Disturbance. I wasn't gonna keep going Oh, I was it. hoping you would. Well, I, I won't. I'll back off. Oh, well. So, Gone Girl, which we've yeah. said, and we'll say again, we are going to spoil the movie and the book. Yeah. Spoil, spoil, spoil. Domestic disturbance. Yes, that will happen. Um, Before we talk about those things, it's been a while since we've recorded, has it not? Yeah, I think so. Long enough for me to forget how to use my computer. Yeah, long enough for me to somehow accrue quite a big movies I watched list. Mine isn't bad either. Yeah, well, you've been trying to really do the October... uh, horror-thon thing of sorts that you, you crazy kids on Facebook do, right? I haven't been successful, but I have made an effort. Okay. All right. Erica, how's your watching been going? And tell us about it. Um, well, I've honestly been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls on Netflix, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which means I haven't watched a lot of movies. But I did watch, actually, this one's on Emily's list, too. I watched uh, Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't put it on there because I felt I was no. a little too drunk <laughs> to uh, have, have fully absorbed it. Oh, I, was, I wasn't drunk anymore at that point. We watched it pretty late. Yeah. I, I, oh. yeah, yeah, I have a lower tolerance, apparently. Well, anyway, I watched that. Did um, you like it? I it was okay. It was just super similar to the first one. Like, it just felt like watching the first one again, except the first one's scary, and this one okay. wasn't really. Yeah. I, I, we talked about this on Facebook a little bit today. I I really like that the second one is set in New Orleans, and that I think the movie uses that really well. Uh, and that in itself, I think, kind of saves the movie. And I think, I don't know, I, th- I feel like it's a better than average sequel to a much better movie. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and honestly, I don't I don't remember the last time I recorded with you guys, so I don't know what else I watched. Um, I watched Neighbors. Did I talk about that last Oh, thing? no, you didn't, because I saw it, and I talked about it the last time we recorded. Um, yeah, well, I bought it um, on Blu-ray, because I'm a, I'm a total mark for that movie. It's Seth Rogen <laughs> it and... It's pretty much aimed at you. Zac Efron, like, that's... yeah. It's that's a it. really good I movie. I love it, yeah. I enjoyed the crap out of it, um... Jason made me self-conscious about it because he hated it. That's right. You guys were talking about that while I was probably drinking. 
Yeah, you're in the kitchen drinking by yourself. Yeah, I um, do that sometimes. Yeah, he just like hated, hated, hated it. Um, so he made me like a little sad, but I really enjoy it. So, so fuck him is what you're saying. There is that. Yeah. Um, I also rewatched Cabin in the Woods. Woohoo! And I think that might be it. Like I haven't, I haven't really watched a lot of movies lately. I'm trying to see what's out around my Blu-ray player, and I think that's it. <laughs> I watched Almost Famous at some point, but I basically watch that like once a month. So yeah, it's a good one. I'm good. Wow. All right. Uh, Christine? Um, well, my Firefox just froze and I'm trying to get my list up. So I don't know what's going on with this. I hope that you can hear me. I can. And, we can hear you. Um, that's really bizarre. Um, I, I can try to start going out of order and hope this thing do you want? Do you want me to go and then uh, if yours comes back up? I guess we can give, give it time? a try. I don't okay. know what's going on. All right, so I'll go, and then hopefully your Firefox will restore by then. Who knows? Okay, so <laughs> what have I watched? Um, I have mine broken down because I feel like I watched a lot, so I tried to break it down into category of movies I watched on DVD to movies I watched on Instant Watch that are horror movies because there was a mm-hmm. big mix. Um, so on DVD, uh, non-horror movies, I watched Wreck-It Ralph. Delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very funny. Very kind. Of, I, it's funny because I feel like most of the jokes would not or are aimed at people that played video games. And there's even like a lot of jokes I didn't get because I haven't played a video game in like 15 years. Um, but it's very nostalgic and it's really cute and really sweet and very pretty to look at. So I liked it. Um, I saw in the theater a new movie called Dear White People. Oh, did you like it? I thought it was fantastic. It's really funny, um, has a really good cast, really like a nice young cast, and they're all really good. Um, our boy Kyle uh, Gallner is in it. I saw, I saw yeah. a trailer for it last night. I was, I was happy. The best thing the movie comes on, and it's go, and like all of a sudden, like he shows up, and he plays like the like token like white asshole, and he comes up, and I'm like, I'm like, woo! I'm like, oh, I shouldn't. Be woo- <laughs> That's not the character I'm supposed to be wooing to see. Um, but it's it's really funny. I highly recommend people watch it as it hits theater and VOD and wherever else it comes um, but it's it is manages to be like a, a satire and make some points but also to be just a funny movie so I enjoyed that um, on Instant Watch I watched the documentary Stories We Tell by Sarah Polly. oh I started it I, I never watched like the last 10-15 minutes of it uh, it's I would ha- recommend you finishing it um, yeah. I really liked it I really liked Sarah Polly. I thought I liked the different way she kind of did a documentary and kind of within the style of it was asking all these questions and I dug that. So recommend. It's on instant. Um, This is not a recommend and I didn't mean to watch it and I kind of blame my husband who so kindly saw that I was flipping, like I was sitting not watching TV and he was flipping around to find something and he settled on something he thought I would like to watch and it was the Brittany Murphy story on Lifetime. Oh, and I want to tell you that I, like, watched five minutes of it and then turned it off and watched something else. But that would be a lie. Uh, I watch most of it. It's, I am, I do not like, granted, I'm saying I don't like this, but of course I'm also saying that I watch this. Uh, these new, li- this new thing about Lifetime movies, where they're doing these true story, famous people Lifetime movies, mm-hmm. are significantly lower in quality than the typical just my husband's trying to kill me Lifetime movies. It is very disappointing. Uh, it's like all of these are filmed in a week, whereas, like, 
you know, the husband she met online, like, actually has production value to it. And, like, between this, the Saved by the Bell one, the Anna Nicole one, like, it's just so thrown together and lazy. And, and this one especially was just, like, really uncomfortable to watch. And it's the actress I they had playing Brittany Murphy I really like. She was in, um... Uh, the Poison ep- uh, Mushroom episode of Law and Order SVU and Red, White, and Blue, uh, which, which she's great in, and she's a really good actress, and she's just doing a Britney Murphy impression, and it's not good. Um, so it's, don't watch it. Don't don't let Lifetime keep making these. Let Lifetime put its resources into movies like The Girlfriend Who Stole My Son Away From Me. Those are better movies than the Britney Murphy story. Um... Moving on, watched um, a movie that came out a few years ago called Mongol. That is the big budget international movie um, about Genghis Khan, so kind of the start of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good and worth watching if you have any interest in the subject or just like that kind of historical action movie. Um, Really cool looking and just kind of about a culture that most people don't know much about. Um, and on Instant Watch, uh, a random Christian back from the dead movie called Heaven's Door. Not very good. Cordelia's in it. Dean Cain is in it. Because what else does, does Dean Cain do now that Lifetime is making these celebrity horror movies that Dean Cain apparently isn't right for? He does Christian movies like Heaven's Door. Uh, and because it was any day of the week, I watched Starship Troopers. Um, and then I actually did a podcast on that which I should put the link on our page if I have not yet done. That was um, the inaugural episode of the Mad, Bad, and Downright Strange podcast, and we talked mm-hmm. about Starship Troopers because it's the fourth greatest movie of all time. Uh, okay, horror movies on DVD that I watched. Many, most from Netflix. Not all from Netflix, but a few. Uh, a movie called Tormented, which is by the same director who did Grabbers. Which you didn't hate, right? I didn't see. So no, oh, I didn't I thought- hate it. I mean, Maybe I my mom is the one see. who likes grabbers. Remember how I get you guys confused? Me and who? <laughs> my, you and my mom. Oh, no, you always do, yeah. Did she like it? <laughs> I think she did. If it was you, it was definitely her. I mean, then I'll take her word for it. Um, I really, Tormented, I really liked. It is, it's a horror comedy, and it is set, it's very British. Um, Alex Pettifer is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is basically about a bunch of the like rich pretty kids who bullied a kid kind of into suicide and he comes back from the dead to get revenge but it's it's a comedy it is definitely a comedy but it's it's also quite horrific um but it's just really well done really funny really good young cast who get it um and i i i have no idea why i got this movie it was on my my netflix disc queue and it had to be like at the top so it was probably like a long wait or something but for some reason, I had it at the top of my queue. I got it in the mail. Didn't remember putting it on there. But I was really happy. It's a high recommend out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1980s, The Watcher in the Woods. I've still never seen it. It was good. Uh, had you seen it before? No, I had never seen it before. Hmm. It's one of those things. It is. It's one of those... People, yeah, it has a reputation. I think a lot of people grew up with it because it was like like something Wicked This Way comes. It was a Disney mm-hmm. live-action horror movie, essentially. That was probably on TV all the time. But somehow or another, it just eluded me. Uh, it is, it's good. What's really interesting is there are two alternate endings that are on the DVD. Because uh, the movie definitely had, I guess, some production woes, just probably because it was Disney and so it was a big budget and they cared about test audiences and all that stuff. Uh, this 
It, it, I mean, it's very similar, I think, in tone and everything to Something Wicked This Way Comes. So if you like that, it, it's, it is scary. It's not... If, you, if I was a little kid watching it, it would freak me out. Um, but it was, it was quite good. It was a good little ghost story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that wasn't very good was Yongori, Monster of the Deep, which is the <clears throat> South Korean Godzilla movie from, like, 1967. Uh, South Korea's attempt to find their Godzilla, and it's just really not good. Uh, I was a little disappointed, because I thought it would be funner, but it just really felt lazy instead. Um, uh, Return of the Living Dead, Brandon had never seen it, so <gasps> we watched it. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't watched it. it in quite a long time, and I The Gentleman's Guide just did a great episode on the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, re- I actually prefer the second one. Really? Yeah, I love the second one. See, what's funny is I feel like growing up, I saw the second one a lot more than I did the first one. Mm-hmm. I think it just must have been on TV more. Maybe we had that VHS. And so, like, I have a lot of affection for it, but I haven't watched it in years. And on uh, on The Gentleman's Guide, they were all kind of in the same boat, I think. Most of them hadn't watched it, and it was not a good revisit for them. Really? <laughs> yeah, they hated it. And, like, it's so rare that to hear them really not like something so i don't know i don't know how i'll feel if i uh, revisit it but uh the first one i mean the first one's great it's it is a very unique uh horror comedy that has a great grip on its own tone i would mm-hmm. say um also speaking of horror comedies brandon and i watched dr giggles <laughs> my mom's favorite movie it is so good <laughs> I'm, not, so I'm not kidding i'm not being ironic dr giggles is awesome i know she really likes it too it is one year oh. for for christmas i when i worked at build-a-bear everybody knows what build-a-bear workshop is right of course did you build her a dr giggles Build-A-Bear? i did i did <gasps> I, got so awesome. I got the little uh, the, the, we have these the little pods i'm sure they still have them that have sounds and one of them's like a laugh <gasps> and it always struck me that the laugh was really maniacal and unsuited <laughs> for like a child's toy so i made her a bear and Aww. i stuck the little laugh in Aww. its paw and i bought a little like some scrubs Oh, <laughs> that's the sweetest. You are the best daughter ever. Aw, you are. You. That's amazing. <laughs> and I probably named him Dr. Giggles. I hope you did. They come with a little birth certificate. Oh, Dr. Giggles is really good. I mean, it's, it is a horror comedy. Again, mm-hmm. I think it was missold back in the day because I don't think anybody knew how to sell a horror comedy. No, I definitely, it was supposed to be terrifying. Yeah, and then of course everybody's like, oh, it's just, there's all these stupid puns and there's all these doctor jokes. Exactly, that's the point. Uh, and a young um, Ella Montgomery is the final girl. Who is that? Holly Marie Combs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, really. Good. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I I cannot recommend it highly enough. We we recorded an episode for Married with Clickers on it, so you can hear us gush about it. But it's it's really good, and it like made me angry that all these years I didn't remember it being so good. Um, also, uh, another horror movie I watched was In My Skin, which is a French film. Mm-hmm. Haven't it's watched very it. Very French. It's You've seen on it? the radar. No, I've been meaning to. Uh, I watched it because I like the director. Um, it's, a, it's a woman, Marina Devan, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. She also did a movie I watched a few months ago called Dark Touch that's on Instant that I thought was fantastic. And so I'm intrigued by her. And she's she makes weird movies. Uh, and this one's weird. It's sort of a... It, you could easily describe it as like, if you were trying to sell it to someone, you'd be like, okay, think like David Cronenberg, but from a female perspective in a way. 
Um, very body horror, very uh, French. I'm just going to keep saying French because that's the best way to describe it. Uh, I, I think f- we all know what you're saying. You know, like, wine, you know wine. everybody's wearing berets, drinking wine, all that stuff. Cigarettes are, are smoked often. Um, I would be f- gr- very excited to hear what both of you have to think about this one. It might be a little gross for you, Erica. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, scab eating and stuff. It's not, it's no. not pretty, but... But not, um, not too gross for me. No, you're... <laughs> Erica's a lady, Christine. Come on. <laughs> well, I can't argue this. Exactly. So. Uh, okay, and then on to my instant watches. So on instant watch, I watch another movie my husband had never seen. We watched House of the Devil. I almost I almost watched that um, this week as well, but it didn't happen. Yeah, um, I've seen it a few times now. It, it maybe been a year. I'm glad I rewatched it because I keep kind of... I'm. Uh, this is the only Ty West film I've really liked. Um, man, oh man, are we talk about Ty West in a couple yeah, minutes? Oh, oh, that's right. I know what you watched. Um, so uh, it was good to watch this one because it reminded me, like, oh no, he really is good. Like, he can make a really good movie. I just I haven't liked anything he's done since this movie. Um, Big Ass Spider, which I think you watched also. I did. It was fun. I liked it so much. I liked it. I, I feel like it was a little overhyped that some like a couple of people made it sound like it was going to be the greatest thing since Eight Legged Freaks, and it, to me it wasn't as good, but I enjoyed it. Uh, oh, um, the Pact, an instant watch. Mm. It was really good. I'd heard about it a few. It came out, I think like 2012. Uh, I remember a few bloggers saying like this was one of the best horror movies to come out that year. Uh, it's really good. It is a ghost story i guess but Mm -hmm. done very differently very different story and kind of solution and such uh really well acted casper van dean is in it um and the lead girl is was uh anna draper's niece on mad men and she's very good uh this was good it was it was and it was scary too like i I think it would get both of you so that was the pact Mm -hmm. um uh, two found footage movies. Um, one called Entity that I can remember almost nothing about. It was Ghost Hunters in Russia, which sounds really awesome. Yeah, uh, you just sold me on it. Yeah, um, it wasn't terrible. It was just I'll f- I will forget everything about this movie in a year. Um, it was very you know they're in an, they're in an abandoned kind of asylum research facility that's pretty cool. Except the movie's really dark. It's physically hard to see anything. No, There's some that's, cool my, I, that's a real issue for me sometimes. Yeah, and I watch this one on my phone, so it's even mm-hmm. darker, which is kind of a pain. Uh, cool ideas, but and, and not terrible, but just, I don't know, nothing. People who I think like found footage horror will probably put this in, like, the good camp. Um, people who, if you have a low tolerance for found footage horror, you'll just this, then don't watch it. And that goes into the next one I watch called Crow's Nest, uh, which is also found footage. And this is about the worst human beings in the world who are all young and pretty, who go on a road trip to, like, the middle of nowhere and bad things happen to them. Uh, Again, pretty in the realm of found footage horror, it is better than many. Uh, it is. It has some genuine scares where it does some cool things where when you really least expect it at all, something terrible happens. Mm-hmm. But it falls prey to all of the issues you have with, if you have issues with film footage, it's 
they're going back to get the camera. They don't need to go back to get the camera. They're, uh, it's shaky cam. I don't want to watch shaky cam. The characters are awful human beings. I don't need to watch awful human beings. So it kind of hit on all those issues that most people have. If, if you have yeah. an issue with found footage, don't watch Crow's Nest. Again, if you like found footage, it does some cool things. I won't lie. Uh, okay, two more. One, also an instant, Mine Games. <laughs> mine. Get it, mine, not mine. Wait, I think I saw that pop up. With uh, Brianna Evigal from yeah, 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 yeah. to the streets and all in. Um, I enjoyed this one. It's, it is not as good as it thinks it is. It kind of starts off and you think it's just going to be the same kind of pretty people going to the middle of nowhere and bad things happen to them, which it is, except there's a couple of, it turns into something much more complicated and the, uh, I mean, people kind of spoil it if you start talking about it, I guess, but there's some cool, it, it, it's more ambitious than a slasher. It has some interesting ideas to play with not great but but again for a new horror movie on instant watch it's a pretty entertaining 90 minutes oh that's good to know yeah and then the last thing i watched which was a fantastic way to spend 90 minutes um 13 sins which is a remake of a thai horror film called uh 13 game of death and this one is directed by the guy who did the last exorcism okay uh co-stars ron perlman and it is, uh, I mean, the, the plot's very similar to the original film. It is about a man who loses his job, has to, is getting married, is having a baby, has to take care of his family. Uh, and on that day, he gets a phone call from, you know, a wealthy man who basically says, hey, you're now part of a game where we're going to give you 13 tasks that are going to get progressively crazy. But if you complete all them, you get like $5 million dollars. And the tasks go from, like, kill a fly, to eat the fly, to make a child cry, to, like, you know, kill someone, and so on. Um, this was, is, like, the prime example of how to make a good horror movie. Because it's, again, it's almost more a horror comedy than a straight horror movie. But when I compare it to, like, Crow's Nest, which I'd watched the day before, I liked the characters in this movie. They did such a good job of very quickly establishing, this is a nice guy, and this is where he is in life and you're following him now and it was just so well made in that respect of giving you um someone to root for and follow but also being a really fun interesting surprising little movie so uh highest recommendation for 13 cents well good i've gotten some ideas and i don't know if i'll be able to fit them in before the end of the month so you can watch horror movies in november you know i I don't know i i are you allowed? Well, like, just pretend you're Canadian. They have Thanksgiving in October, so why can't you have extra Halloween in November? That's true. Right? I mean, it's the way it works, I think. Uh, did you pull up your uh, your litter box? It is. I'm really afraid to touch anything, but it's up there, and I can look <laughs> at it. All right, um, give it to us. Um, I finished ABCs of Death. Okay, and? It was just terrible. The whole thing was awful. <laughs> um... Jason Eisner? Oh, yeah. Is that his name? He's the one who did Hobo with the Shotgun. Is that... Okay, yeah, that's who I mean, but I didn't know if I got his name right. He did a segment that I thought was one of the good ones, maybe? Not for my money. It was the worst... One of the worst ones. There was a thing with a pedophile and hunting and deer and... 
Oh, yeah, 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 I kind of remember it, that one. It made me angry, but, um, so I finished it, yeah. so I never have to watch it again. But there's um, part two now. Well, we'll get into something similar okay. in just a moment. Right. Um, I rewatched World War Z, um, because I really liked the very beginning of it a lot, <laughs> um, and it was a good movie to watch at the gym. I can see that. Could we, um, we make you run? I... I, I like the opening. It just falls apart for me. Um, you know, the rest of it. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the fact that they reshot the last 45 minutes is, is there. Yeah, it's not It's not wonderful. But um, I really like the opening, so... Okay. Um, I watched your next because Zach had never seen it before. Ooh. Um, and I was excited to show it to him. And? Um, he liked it. I mean, that movie's not perfect. Um, at all. Right. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. But, um, oh my god. I don't know what I did. It's back. <laughs> it froze. Um, but it's it's strong and it's fun in a lot of spots. It does I, a lot of things right. It, and, it really does. And yeah. I really like, um, I like Joe Swanberg in it and that oh, Amy's... so good in that movie. Semitism. Yeah, she's... there. See, I have a lot of issues with that crew... But they get really good performances. Yeah, I I I really like, and, and Barbara Crampton is great in it. Um, watching it and really knowing what's going to happen and, and having your expectations in the right place, I didn't like it as much as I did the mm-hmm. first time. But it definitely was solid, and I would watch it again. I think because I knew there were some twists, I was kind of looking for them. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, like it wasn't like I was like, oh, this is I know what happened. It was just like I have a feeling this and this yeah. and this, and I was pretty much right about all of it. But I'm just smart. That could be what it is. Um, <laughs> you're funny. Um, so yeah, I like that movie. Um, for some reason, I rewatched Phantoms. Oh, is that the Rose McGowan one? Yep, wow, Rose McGowan. I've never seen that. And um, Liev Schreiber. Yep, and Ben Affleck. Wow, it's so 90s! Um, it, I, I remember intending to watch it and, like, starting to watch it, and I was like, but I don't remember anything else about it. I don't remember how it ends. So I, I assumed that I stopped in the middle, which happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let's, let's watch it. Let's watch it again. This will be something easy to put on, you know, later at night. Apparently I did watch the whole thing. It was just that forgettable. Wow. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that movie. It's not very. Good. That's good to know because I feel like the way you're talking about it, I'm like, ooh, that sounds like a fun '90s watch. But no, I, no, I mean, it's 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 bad in the, the bad way. It's bad in the way bad. that that made me angry at the movies in the '90s. Yeah, I mean, look at it. I think it's on. It's still it still should be on Netflix. I watched it on Amazon Prime for some reason, but it's it's Amazon Prime. I know. Um. I watched This Means War. <laughs> you did? Because I was gifted the Blu-ray for my birthday. Oh, well, that's just sweet. I, did I... I fucking missed your birthday. It's okay. No, I'm mad about this. I have something I've been meaning to send to you forever, and I'm like, your birthday's coming up. Oh, uh, that's okay. I got This Means War. You got This Means Blu-ray. War. That's all you need. <laughs> um, we covered I, that way back in the day. I love to hate that movie. Oh, that movie is I, fascinating to hate. I hate it and I love it and I watch it so hard and I say such mean things and then it ends and I'm like, when can I watch this again? Uh, somebody needs to make like 
Oh, you, somebody needs to make a documentary film about you watching that movie. Okay, <laughs> I could be down with that. Like it could be the really, really be, meta and weird and groovy. I'm telling you, we got the this. The follow up could be me watching Obsessed because the second this Ooh. ended, I was like, oh, I want to watch Obsessed. And then, like, I don't know, we had to work in like you building a mo- like like Barbie dolls to go along with it. Yeah, I, we're gonna work on this project. Oh, okay, good. Let's do it. Don't worry, don't <laughs> worry. We got it covered. Um, I watched all the all endings, and they're just ridiculous. Like I knew they'd be. Um, God, that movie! Oh, it's a fascinatingly um, bad movie. It really is. I want to watch the commentary. All It'll those happen. Decisions are wrong in that movie. It's brilliant. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and there's like a super long alternate scene that um, Till Schweiger is like actually in, and he actually gets to act in. Oh, I feel so bad that his part got cut so much. I hope he got paid well. I hope so too. They they bumped up Chelsea Handler shit just to get rid of him. Mm. But I don't know. Um, I watched Hocus Pocus. Because Zach had never seen it, and that is classic film. What did he Uh, think uh, of it? He really liked it. Okay. He he was shocked that it was, it wasn't what he expected, Mm -hmm. I guess. It's a genuinely fun, good movie. I have not watched it all the way through as an adult. I think I've only seen it beginning to end when I was like 11. Man, it's still real good. Mm -hmm. Um, So I recommend that. I think that was streaming. Um, I watched The Sacrament. I know you did. And I hated it more than anything ever. Now, why did you hate it? Because it was boring and pointless and stupid and and didn't... There was no, like, thrust. There was no escalation. It mm. was just like, I'm going to show up at this place and now everyone's killing themselves. Look, it's crazy, And, right? and also, the whole time you're watching, you're like, okay, so this is the part when people snuck out and gave give him a note like if you know the jonestown story that's all you're waiting to happen and it happens yeah. and then it's over and you're like if, okay it's not it, a documentary follows about jonestown. The, it follows the beats of a familiar for a good reason story yeah. um but it it like i said it, there's just like a feeling of like oh well why are we reacting like this? yeah and like i feel like an argument i'm sure somebody's trying to argue that like oh but it's like don't you get it it's for modern times and it's their documentary filmmakers but no they they do the exact same things that like happened in the 70s as far as all that goes there was nothing the only thing to me that was new to it was the amy simons character and again i really like her and, and she was the com- best thing about it because- and they completely wasted that character yeah. why couldn't she have been the can- one of the camera people yeah, so but- she could have actually been in it and acted because even the like whole thing of part of the main reason Jim Jones got so many followers was it was the seventies, and he was extremely um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was uh, open about civil rights and very supportive of black people, mm-hmm. and that's why Jonestown was I I don't know the numbers, but I think it was more than half black Americans, and so like I mean that's interesting, and there's a reason for it. And in this one, they don't really give any... Re- like, it's still the same. You look at the landscape of the people there, and it's primarily elderly and black people. Yeah. But there's no reason, necessarily, in 2014, why that group would follow a white Southern man to Guyana. It it feels like an incomplete story. And we've talked about this before, like... Be, because of like um, adaptations or telling a true story, 
sometimes the adaptation of it is is somewhat I don't want to say lazy, but kind of lazy. Like, oh, yeah. we don't need to tell you this because you already you know it. But, but apparently, I, I don't know it because you're saying it. this is its own story and this isn't based on Jonestown. Like the final thing at the end of the movie, which is 175 people died in uh, the you know this fictional cult. Yeah. And then credits roll, and then all all persons are fictitious. Any similarity to real people is it's like, well, make up your mind what the fuck kind of movie you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it really wanted to push the hey, we're a documentary as it rolled the credits and told us all the actors' names. Right. It it's, was weird. It's so weird, and I the same time like it's not poorly made uh and it just like makes me like i really want to hear a real interview where ty west really goes into what he couldn't do with the movie yeah i want to believe he had bigger aims than what was on that screen but i don't know i don't know i i definitely i did not enjoy it yeah Um, it made me angry my review i think i just put up the other day actually for it i'm a blog I would like to look at it. I wonder if we have a lot of the same mm-hmm. problems. It just felt incomplete and weird and derivative, yep. but in like a super bad and like, kind of offensive. Mm, I kind of agree. Like nine hundred people died there. It's it, and it was it was kind of like he. I got a feeling like it was built around that final those final deaths. Yeah. Like, like that's what he wanted to show, and we've shown it, but we don't care right, what the lead up is. It. And yeah, yeah. Um, Weird. And then right after it, I watched Big Ass Spider, which might inform how I feel about Big Ass Spider. Fair enough, fair enough. Because I was like, yeah, this is a great movie! Yeah! Glory from Buffy! <laughs> she looked... She looks so different. Exactly, very different. I, I didn't realize that her older, credits. She's really different. Like, I guess just the blonde hair? Like, it wasn't a Renee Zellweger transformation. It was just the blonde hair and something about her costuming that I never realized who that was. Yeah, it was. It, I saw that she was in it. I think when that when it played at South by Southwest, and so I was kind of like, "Oh, there! Oh, wait, that is her." Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for some reason, when I was at, I think Best Buy, I bought the Last House on the Left Blu-ray remake. <laughs> oh, I like the remake. Um, I hated it when I first saw it, and I don't. I I, it, I guess it was another situation. I think it was like five bucks. It was really cheap. And I was like, oh, I'll give it another shot. I don't know why I bought it. That seems like a strange choice. Is there an alternate ending or something? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. So I we get home, pop it in. Zach has never seen it also. Um, my horror knowledge far um, that way says. So I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. But maybe I'll be presently, pleasantly surprised. Because at this point, I've seen the original, and I've seen the Virgin Springs, and I've seen... Chaos. Which is, I still haven't seen Chaos. So I've seen like 18 versions of this story, <laughs> and I'm a little sick of it. I, I watched it all during the same period, so now I'm like, oh, I have some distance. Maybe this movie will be fantastic. I still don't like it, and there are so many good people in it. It's a really good cast. The cast is fuck. Who, the casting director on this is an amazing human it's, being. Was it Monica Potter and Monica Potter? Tony, Tony. What's his name? Tony Goldwyn. Who is that? They're, the dad who was in Ghost. Okay. Yeah, that bad guy. Um, uh, Aaron Ghost. Paul. Right? Aaron Paul is in it. Garrett Dillahunt is in it. Um, Zach, what's the girl's name? Oh, uh, she's <laughs> the one in The Innkeepers. Is she in The Innkeepers? Yeah, she's the lead in The Innkeepers. Oh, I was... Uh, I the, don't main have girl, the main girl in uh, 
got kind of big buggy eyes. She looks very different in the innkeepers. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, same girl. Yes. I liked I, I liked the innkeepers. I I, I, I just Oh Ricky Lindholm, that's her name. Oh wait, is that a different that might be a different girl. That's I think the, it was Sarah that's or something. Sadie. Okay, okay. The the girl who plays Sadie or gotcha. the woman who plays yeah. Sadie. I really like her and I think she does a nice job with it. There's just stuff about it. I'm like, uh. then that that microwave scene. It is the weirdest coda to a movie. It is one of the strangest endings of any movie because yeah. it's so tonally out of step with that whole movie, which takes itself very seriously and weighty. And then like it's like the movie ends and they're like, oh oh, so we know some of you came for something a little fun. So here, microwave, and it doesn't make from a physics point of view, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you're right. It's weird. It's really, so really strange. Weird, yeah. But I, I, I know people defend it, and I don't. Uh, I don't. I just don't. It's not my fair my enough, jam. Fair enough. But the cast is good. Very good um, cast. Oh, I'm stunned. I watched The Purge too. What'd you think? I haven't seen the, it yet. The repurging. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I liked the first one. I really liked the first one. I thought the first one could have done a lot different, but I thought it was really good considering. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was good. It was interesting and fun and good character stuff. I think you'll really like it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and for another, like, this was $5 at Walmart, I think. The Salem's Lot TNT remake. Oh, with, I've with seen Rob that. Lowe. With Samantha Mathis and Rob Lowe. Man, this is actually a really good movie. The first, oh no, the, the, this I watched, I remember, I had gotten it from Netflix, and I started watching it. And well, now I own it, in case you ever want well, to borrow it from know. me and not Netflix. Well, like, the first, I feel like it's, what, four hours in total? Oh. Whatever it is, it's like the first three quarters is actually really good. And then I remember, like, thinking that Brandon wasn't home, he walks in and I'm watching it, and he's like, oh, is it terrible? I'm like, no, it's actually good. And from that point on, the movie just got terrible. Yeah, it's not... It, it, hey, endings are hard. Well, it's, just tell that to Stephen King. I, I know. The Salem's Lot is the only Stephen King novel that I think has a good ending, by the way. It, he, has a, he has a problem with endings. Yeah. We, and this, this made us want to watch all the made-for-TV miniseries and adaptations. So right now we're in the middle of Storm of the Century, which I don't know if I like because okay. I remember liking it. And so far, it's really boring. Yeah, that's what it seemed. That's why I've never, after The Stand, I don't think I've ever yeah. gone through any of the other ones. My mom really likes it, so we'll see. Oh, well, but, um, maybe I will too. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by Salem's Law. I thought it was going to be a piece of garbage, and it was actually really straightforward and it fun, and it didn't fuck around. Like, it just, like, this is what's happening. Look at it happen. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Pretty good. And then, to, to top it all off, I watched VHS 2. Did you now? I liked it. Really? Ex- did you watch it? I have not. No, because okay. I still haven't gotten through one because I, I hate it. <laughs> I hated the first one. The first segment of VHS 2 is not good. Okay. And I would argue that the wraparound is also disappointing. But the first segment is an Adam Wingard seg- segment. Um, okay. And I really was disappointed and I thought like, oh, here we go. Yep. It's just like everything else. But... No, there, talk about the sacrament. There's a fucking one of the ones in there. This, the segments in there is Gareth Evans. Is that the right guy? 
name sounds familiar. I, the guy who did the raid, and I think his name is Gareth Evans. I oh, feel, I know who you mean. I haven't seen the raid yet. His segment in this is so good. And Jason Eisen's segment, if that is his name also, <laughs> is so good. It is now. They're, they're so good. Hmm. Like, really fucking good. And I want you to watch it because... Do I, I have think, to watch the first one to watch the second one? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Erica, they have, have you seen either of them? Um, I saw some of the first one. I didn't finish watching it. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. <laughs> um, I think it, it calls back to okay. the first one. Like, I think they might show a little bit of video from one of the things that happened in the first one, but you don't really need to. Okay, maybe I should just start there and backtrack because I just I tried watching the first one twice and I just can't get through it. Don't if you if you're if you're ever feeling crazy give this one a try okay. um we were both very pleasantly surprised by it there are some some really great things in it yeah right then and any more that's it i'm sorry i talked too long no, no. But... Hey, we, we we had a big break between recordings <laughs> all right so we're gonna take a quick break then and come back uh which are we talking about first should we just get through domestic disturbance Yes, absolutely. Okay. I was kind of thinking, so just in case two people want to not listen to the Gone Girl one. That's good thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and plus, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know people out there are like, just, like I just want to hear domestic disturbance talk. So That's true. Mm-hmm. Give, I was yeah. down my door. Give the masses Very what they true. want. That's what my mother always said, you know? All right, so we'll take a quick break, come back and talk domestic disturbance. Stranded at the drive-in. Branded a fool What will they say Monday at school Sandy, can't you see I'm in misery Made a start For our first feature of the night, 2001, Domestic Disturbance. Uh, I picked this film purely for the reason that it was on Instant Watch. And, and you I, hate us. And I, <laughs> <laughs> So, it's Christine, true. tell us how you really felt. Oh, man. Let's give a synopsis of this <laughs> Who movie. wants to give a synopsis? You, 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 Erica, do you have one? Yeah, I could do it. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was about so, three quarters done with this movie, and I said, "Oh, America, going to have a lot to say about this, <laughs> <laughs> or nothing at well, all." This isn't like a freeway <laughs> case. I, said, I think I said this is going to be a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, so basically, um, your main character is John Travolta. He is a former alcoholic divorcee who has a 12-year-old son. Um, I don't, who's the actress? I don't remember who it was. Uh, oh, Terry Polo, or Terry as Polo. I like to call her, the Nancy Travis of the aughts. <laughs> okay. 
So with always Terry plays Fuller. the girlfriend or wife. Never memorable. Yeah, not memorable at all. Yep. Um, so she she's the mom. Danny is the son. He's twelve. So she is engaged to be remarried to Vince Vaughn, um, and. I guess Danny is kind of acting out. He um, he acted out when they got divorced, when they separated, and when they got divorced. And um, he, it's kind of a boy who cried wolf situation. Mm-hmm. So um, Danny accidentally overhears that his mother is pregnant and they're expecting a new baby. And he gets very upset and he runs out to the car in the well. He runs away. He runs outside because he hears that Vince Vaughn is leaving the house and he wants to go to his dad's. Um, so he thought he was going into town. So he hops in the back of his car and hides only and with the plan to jump out when once they're in town and walk to his dad's. Only Vince Vaughn does not go into town. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn picks up Steve Buscemi. Yeah, best thing in the movie. Yeah. Um, from a motel where he's been staying. and from the Shady Tree Motel, in case you didn't know it was sleazy. Oh. Yes. Am I just, like, doing the whole movie of what happens? Or? Well, I mean, finish with that part, because that's the big plot thing right there. Yeah. So, um, he's hiding in the backseat, and Vince Vaughn picks up Steve Buscemi and takes him. It's, like, raining and pouring, and it's very hard to see, and... Um, Apparently, you find out that he and Vince Vaughn ran, like, robbed some money. I don't even know exactly what they did. Yeah, it was kind of like a white-collar crime, but I think somebody died. That wasn't very clear. No, it wasn't. And there were, like, other people involved, and Vince Vaughn ran away with, like, all the money. So Steve Buscemi found him and came for his share of the money. So Vince Vaughn tells him he's taking him to get him the money, only instead he kills him, and Danny witnesses it. But Vince Vaughn doesn't know Danny was back there, and... um. Again, boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. No one believes him, and Vince Vaughn is increasingly more threatening to Danny and his life. And the bags under Vince Vaughn's eyes get like baggier and baggier as the film goes on. They <laughs> they do. Yeah. That I mean that yeah. This is essentially this is a lifetime. I was talking earlier about lifetime. This is a lifetime movie. This is a, I don't, you know, I married a monster kind of thing. My stepfather is a a monster. Uh, Where it is very simply bad stepfather. um, That is kind of the gist of it, in in a nutshell. It tries to do some things. Um, It's set in, like, the, I guess, like, Chesapeake Bay area of Maryland. Which makes it look pretty. It gives you kind of a different... Uh, I think landscape except like it doesn't do much with it Frank works on boats but that's not that much of a thing in there Um, this movie commits a cardinal sin to me which is any time you watch a scene um, where people are eating like hard shell crabs every time I watch a scene like that I just want to walk out of my house and hop on a bus and go to City Island and eat hard shell crabs and this movie has a scene where characters are eating hard shell crabs and it doesn't even show the hard shell crabs that bothered me and that was like 10 minutes into the movie Okay. I think there are a lot other things to be bothered by. Like what? Everything. <laughs> it, okay, so Erica did a fantastic job with the synopsis. Thank um, you. It is not as interesting as she made it sound. <laughs> but you have Steve uh, Buscemi saying soup tureen. Which was adorable. I, it really like, is. I want, I want that sound thought. bite. But in, in, um, Vince Vaughn was sufficient enough dick 
but this nothing happens in this movie. Like, we don't believe the kid. We do believe the kid. We don't believe mm. the kid. Oh, the kid's definitely right. I believe him. Dude killed Steve Buscemi. Now, wife is pregnant, but you know that's not going to last. Um, <laughs> what was the other movie we watched recently where there was, like, the most convenient miscarriage? I don't know. You remember it, though, right? Kind of, yeah. It's like another one of those, like... It's unfortunately a very common trope. Well, because it's one of those, like, pregnancy is really important to the plot, except then, um, spoiler alert, I mean, you you know that she's not going to have Vince Vaughn's evil baby, but, like, it just finds the most convenient way to, that you don't leave the theater thinking, oh, but now she still has to have Vince Vaughn's baby. It's it's a bizarre movie that I feel like is extremely anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, Vince Vaughn jumps through a window, and that's awesome. It gets and th- the action in the end gets so ridiculous. It kind of does. Yeah. It's uh, weird. It really is like a TV movie. Like oh, absolutely. There's. Do you feel like there's pacing issues in it? Well, apparently it was. It had a lot of. Um, editing issues that when they first submitted it, it kept getting an R. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it is violent. It is a 12-year-old seeing a man murdered, and like, there's these abuse elements. Like, it's not a young person's movie. But I guess the studio really wanted a PG-13, so they um, kept... Uh, and this actually, I did... I noticed, but I thought maybe it was just because I was watching it on my phone. I'm like, it seems like there's a lot of ADR. Uh, yeah, there was, because they had to keep dubbing over language that was getting them an R rating. There was like a total of, according to IMDb, 23 minutes were edited between the initial uh, final cut and what mm-hmm. was released into theaters, because they really wanted that PG-13, even though they have a dude getting electrocuted to death. And it's very... It is not something that should be on the same level as so many other movies that get R ratings. Dear White People got an R rating. That's a movie that young people should see. This movie gets a PG-13, you know. But that's just... It's always an issue. <laughs> um, but do you think that this is a good movie? No. Oh, I would, no, I would say... Um, okay. No, I don't think this is a good movie. I have seen far worse. Um, I think this is an elevated Lifetime movie. But I've seen some Lifetime movies that might even be better. Yeah, it to me is wasn't even. I mean, there were some editing things that I thought were strange, like really long, unnecessary shots of things. Yeah, um, it was weird. Um, there were some weird plot things that I was like, "What?" Like he stabs Steve Buscemi with an ice pick. Maybe <laughs> I always keep one of those in the front seat. It's of my like a long cool. stick. But he didn't bleed anywhere. It was a really easy death, too. And you see, you know, he didn't struggle at all. He didn't bleed. Nope. And you see Vince Vaughn take, like, a tissue and <laughs> lightly rub the leather of his seat. They brought that fucking car in. The police brought that car in. No blood. They didn't test it either? Ew, I don't they know. Didn't. No luminol for them. Yeah. Huh. 2001, just, man. Different time. Different time. It was just... It, it was boring, and I, it went nowhere. Well, it escalated, didn't it? I mean, when you first meet uh, uh, Rick, Vince Vaughn, you know, he's a nice guy. Even Frank kind of likes him. Yeah, sure, and why then not? one baseball catch, and then it all goes down. Oh, my gosh, that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> so, um, the one thing I did like, there's a few little things I liked. They do start the movie with, well, they say Frank 
if that, I mean, that's actually not handled well. Frank's an alcoholic. They introduce it immediately by the fact that he's drinking soda instead of champagne. But then, like, that changes so quickly without real weight. But the they start with Frank kind of saying to his son, like, no, like, don't give the guy a hard time. Like, he's he's not taking over for me. I want you to bond with him. Like, he is going to be your stepfather. And so they, you know, they don't make Frank, like, crazy unreasonable from the very beginning. Um, but then you just take one scene where uh, Frank has told Rick, oh, getting good with the kid, buy him a baseball glove. So then Vince Vaughn and the kid have a baseball catch. And it just goes within, like, two throws from being like, thanks for getting me my baseball glove. Yeah, sure. Hey, you got to point your feet when you throw, which is true. You should point your feet. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to. Kid, point your fucking feet when you throw the ball. <laughs> from that point on, it's abusive stepdad. Well, that was the best part of the movie. I'm not ar- Well, no. And he best- was like, he was like, don't throw it above my head. Don't throw it. <laughs> oh, that Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Remember when he did movies like this? Well, remember when, uh, like, this was, well, I guess it's maybe like two years after Psycho. I thought Vince Vaughn learned his lesson that even though he's like a tall dude who should be pretty menacing, doesn't always work. Although he's okay in this, I guess. I, I he was. I, that catch scene, though, he was a sufficient asshole, and yeah. I, I did enjoy that. I'd agree. Uh, the kid who played Danny was also in Frailty. Oh, okay. He was not that great. I, th- I thought he was okay, actually. Oh, okay, well. Erica, where do you stand on the kid? Um, he was okay. I wasn't like, oh my god, this kid, get rid of him. But yeah. I wasn't, like, <laughs> floored by his acting ability. Yeah, I just thought he was natural enough that he didn't bother me, which sometimes for a child actor is important, the most important thing. Because the kid's kind of a shit. Like, he's kind of a little brat. I thought. He saw a man murdered him. Well, that was, yeah, but that was after he kept lying to everybody. But, like, we didn't really experience him lying. We just heard yeah. about it after the fact. Well, like, we saw the one time after the basketball game or during the basketball game. Or so the aftermath of that. Yeah. Uh, what, what we saw that my favorite, my other favorite part of the movie, other than Soup Tureen, as spoken by Steve Buscemi. Um, so there's a scene where, uh, John Travolta tracks down the hooker who was sleeping with Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. And he's in her, like, her little house, and he's, like, finding out all the stuff about Steve Buscemi. But the best thing is the camera, like, pans over her house, and she just has the weirdest doll collection. Did nobody else notice the hooker's doll collection? Um, no. There were some up on the mantle, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have noticed it, Like, that. it does this tracking shot around them, like, into the next room, so it makes a point of making sure you saw that doll collection. And you have no idea how happy that made me watching this movie. Which says a lot about the movie, that that is the most exciting thing that <laughs> happened in it for me. But still. That, and when I realized, um, my brilliant comparison that Terry Polo equals Nancy Travis. Because Terry Polo's just so blah. Yeah, she was just kind of there. I mean, she's perfectly attractive, but, like, she just is is the perfect person to cast as the wife whose name you would never remember. That's where I f- how I feel about that. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Well, I'm sticking to it. Uh, this was directed by Harold Becker, who... I know from Malice, which I watched maybe about a year ago, that I has a... And he also did Mercury Rising. 
they all have something in common. I don't know what other than they all kind of feel like 90s, early 2000s movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a slickness to them, I guess. Uh, that's very, I don't know, very competent, but not... Malice is pretty interesting because it has some really cool twists. Uh, but all kind of feel, I think, just slick is I guess what I want to keep saying. Like, I didn't look, but I feel like he could probably direct episodes of, like, NCIS. Like, it's very serviceable, I guess, is where... Does that make sense? I guess. Supreme. I just really was very bored by this. It could have been cool, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was no Lifetime movie. Like, Lifetime movies would have at least been fun. And they would have had a lot of commercials for, like, lady sanitary products, which, you know, we all need. Erica? Yeah? Lady sanitary products or this movie? Which would you prefer? Uh, lady sanitary products. Yeah, I can see that. I basically watched this movie in three 30-minute segments while getting ready the past three days for work. Oh, wow. Look at you. That's smart. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't have time to just sit down and watch this whole movie, and I'm not really well, interested the whole in thing, doing that. That broke all the tension for you. Um, yeah, and I don't really remember the end at all. You don't remember the 20-minute um, fist fight between Vince Vaughn and John Travolta? that kept escalating between what kind of handy weapons they used. Um, I remember hearing it. I I must not have been paying attention to it. Yeah, it just, like, they just kept picking up, like, whatever was near them, and it just kept going on and on. And apparently they're both really good fencers. It was... Interesting. No, it wasn't, actually. (laughs) I think that's where we all stand. Uh, Christine, do you have any more to say about it? I never had anything to say about it. Superine. Superine was barely in it, but yeah. But he was. I was, I was hoping he would start doing his character from um, Dirty Rock. Anybody? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> I was just hoping he wouldn't be dead, and that like Vince Vaughn would rip off his mask and lifts at the end, and it would have been like it was me all along, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that was actually the 23 minutes that got cut from the movie. In my mind, things are always better there. All right, so rating it, quality of film. Would anyone like to go first? Oh, okay, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> quality of film, I'm going to go 4.75. Um, I say 4.5. Christine. Yeah, four point five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the lower range of average. I've definitely seen worse. Yep, obviously, but it did the thing that I can't forgive, which it was boring. It was boring. So on to that now. Quality of life made by this film. Uh, for me, um, keeping in mind that the Hooker's Doll Collection and Steve Buscemi's Soup Tureen are gonna give it a solid point so for i'll say (laughs) same thing like i I will never watch this movie again um i you know i i don't feel like i hurt myself by watching it but i really didn't make my life better i'm gonna say 3.75 what um what how does how does this scale work is zero like it didn't improve your life at all or is five it it made your life worse but then where where is the line? So is five, like, neutral? It didn't, it neither 
gave me a positive impact nor a negative impact. Yeah, I would say that. that. I would say okay. so because I was give this a four, which it like kind of upset me. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even appreciate the Hooker's Doll collection as much as I did. It's true. Um, yeah, I. It's a five that I have no <laughs> no nothing for you towards this movie. It's just I'm completely ambivalent towards it. <laughs> It is that kind of movie. It is like as forgettable as you can get. I I, I want to say I'm sorry for putting you through this, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of I like rediscovering these like forgotten movies, even if they should be forgotten. Mm-hmm. I definitely like watched it and was like, why aren't we just dedicating the whole episode to Gone Girl? Like, we're gonna have <laughs> so much more to say about that. Why is that just not? Because I'm a woman of tradition, Erica. The whole episode. Uh, well, on that note, I suppose, let's take a break and come back and talk about Gone Girl. Oh, cool. Okay. You say that you're bored with life and that you're bored with me. Because you say that this love of ours ain't what it ought to be. Now you despise this little house that we've always called home. I know that you don't love me now, but you love me when I'm gone, gone. You love me when I'm gone, and then you realize just what I meant to you. Okay, and now on to the, you know, secondary feature of the night, uh, David Fincher's Gone Girl. So again, stop now. Traffic cones, red light, barricade. Do not continue listening to our beautiful voices unless you've read or seen the movie and don't want it spoiled. And if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I don't care. I'm not going to see it. I want them to spoil it. Stop listening. And go see it. Yeah, because we want to know what you thought. Because I really am more interested in what people who didn't read the book thought than what we who all read the book thought. So, yeah, don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Yeah. Or we'll beat you up. Mm Mm-hmm. With our voices. We're going to do domestic disturbance, too, if you do that. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yes. uh, Let's go quickly round up and go through... um, so the book, uh, who read the book first? Me. Erica, you read the book. Why did you read the book back in the day? Um, I read the book because I randomly posted, like, literally, like, it had to be, like, six years ago, maybe seven. I posted, wait, let me, can, no. can we Wasn't look up when like the book, like, 2010? So that was not that long ago. This was a very quick. That's what I was going to say. Can we look up when the book came out? By we, do you mean me? Yeah, sure. Is that what you're trying to say? I'll keep talking. I can look. I can look. Hopefully it won't freeze. Can someone look it up while I talk so I don't have to talk? Go ahead. No, it came out in June 2012. Okay. Well, really? Yep. Yeah. Um, Two years ago? I saw it um, 
I think, when did I go to London, Emily? Uh, to, I was already in this apartment, so it would have had to be maybe early 2013. Yeah, I saw it in a bookstore in London in, in like March or April of 2013. And it had just hit, it was over there in hardback, like there was no soft cover oh, for it. okay. Okay, well, so maybe it wasn't as long ago as I thought, but it still might have been like three or four years ago. I posted on, it was still like more than it was before this book came out, the story that I'm trying to tell. Oh, we'll start <laughs> it was 25 years ago. <laughs> I, was, I was a mere six years old. When, no, um, about probably about two and a half, three years ago, I had posted it. I wanted something to read and I had posted on my Facebook wall, like, does anybody have any book recommendations, which I do from time to time. And this girl who I went to high school with that I haven't, I didn't even speak to her in high school. Like I wasn't even her friend in high school. She's just one of those people that like, I knew of and she knew of me so we're Facebook friends for some mm-hmm. reason it's because um, of Farmville isn't it you guys totally send no, each other not at all but um she <laughs> posted and she was like read um Gil- is it Gillian or Jillian do we know I, I say Gillian read Gillian Flynn's novel um, sharp objects. <gasps> you read it, sharp objects first. You're so lucky. Yes, yes, I did. So I read sharp objects, and then she, and then she also posted under it, like, oh, her other book, um, dark places, is good also. So I read sharp objects, and I was like, this is this was fucking amazing. Like this was such a good book. So I immediately bought dark places. Well, not bought, but took it out from the library and read that. Um, and then obviously, I was like anticipating her newest book Gone Girl so like I was on like when that came out I was already on the library waiting list for it nice so I've been harassing people to read this book for the entire past two years since it came out and you harassed me into it you and Lisa I like I couldn't get either of you to read the book and then like I know it will you it wasn't didn't, like a political statement. I just kept forgetting to get it out of my library. But like, you did it. You read it like kind of recently, like right, like in preparation. Oh, for the I read it two months ago. Yeah. It's so Lisa now. read it. Lisa read it probably earlier this year, like when the movie was like, or probably last year sometime when the movie was like first announced. Mm-hmm. She finally picked it up and read it, and like she got to that point in the book where she started texting me like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I waited this long to read this. Oh my God. Like, and I was like, I've been telling you to read this book for two years. Like, would you just listen to me? So yeah, It, it was a good, like, I'll read anything you tell me to now, probably. Well, read Sharp Objects and Dark Places. They're, they're both on my library list. Don't Sharp they? Objects I prefer. It's probably my I am rereading Sharp Objects right now. And when when I read Dark Objects, I actually or Dark Places rather, <laughs> just a combination of both books. <laughs> That's gonna be the next one. <laughs> her mashup when she gets lazy with her titles. Um, when I read Dark Places, I actually listened to the book on tape, so I'm curious to reread it mm. now, and actually read it and not listen. Mm. To it. Now, Christine, you'd read the book. So did you read the book when? I read the book in. April of last year, April or May maybe, Um, what what had happened was I had seen it come up, like I'd seen it someplace, like maybe on like, like Amazon, like it had come up and I like, oh, that's a, that's a good title. I, that's what I remember thinking. And then there was literally a wall of them in the bookstore in London. And I had, I had read so ferociously on the way over, I needed to buy a book to go back with me. So I actually ended up buying Mockingjay, 
because because they had it in soft cover, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to bring a hardback book yep. on the plane with me. Um, so when I got back back home, um, somebody who remained nameless gave me a bunch of illegal books, like downloads. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you want to? I have all these. These you want them, and that was like the first thing I saw. I'm like, oh my god, yes, give put them all in my Dropbox, and that was the first thing I read. And I read it in a snap. I read it so quick, oh, yeah. I devoured it. It was, as a lot of people know, early 2013 was not good for me at all. Um, I thank Gillian Flynn for sticking with me through that time because I read all three of those books in very rapid succession and, and, um, it changed my life. Um, she is my hero. Um, I fell in love with this book and I immediately made my mom read them all. So, (laughs) so what, I guess for everyone, before we get into the film, what for both of you was so great about the book? Um, it was Erica just go first. <laughs> it was just different from like anything I had read because yeah. you you when you read the first you, when you read the first half of the book or first quarter of the book first third of the book whatever it breaks down to you're expecting a very different ending to the book than you actually get and I've never I've never read a book and had it like so completely change what it was right in the middle of reading mm-hmm. and that was like so intriguing and so exciting to read for the first time like i mean i i love to read like that it's one of my favorite things to do i my when growing up my parents used to have to come in and take books away from me and shut <laughs> off the light and force me to go to bed because i would just stay up all night reading because i want to finish the book in one sitting because i don't like i want to know what happens mm-hmm. um so yeah it was just so different from anything else i'd ever read that it really grabbed me and yeah. Christine, how about you? Um, she writes um, the way I've always wanted someone to write. Um, yeah. She she writes a lot like I do. I don't want to, like, she's amazing, and I mm-hmm. would never claim to be that amazing, but we have similar sensibilities and sens- some similar rhythms, and it was, it was like a revelation to read somebody else wrote like that because people have compared the way I have written in the past to the dude who wrote Fight Club whose name I can't say oh, right but not like content wise and not like I, I I do think he's good again I would never compare myself to him but like in the way he kind of has like, like lang- language wise language wise and his sentence structure and length like each sentence is like a punch like yeah. sentences kind of exist in their own world and they don't need to be next to the next two sentences they are powerful on their own and I feel like she did that and she also used a lot of language and a lot, a lot of verbiage that you wouldn't expect a younger female novelist to write yes. with um, she is not afraid to say cunt and twat yep. and she's not afraid to be ugly and mean and she's not afraid to make not just women, but her characters, ugly and mean and flawed, and it's beautiful, and I just adore her. Yeah, I think the style is a huge thing that I really liked and connected to, because I think she's one of probably the best, quote-unquote, contemporary writers. Yeah. Where, it's tricky, because I don't often read, like, modern books which shouldn't i don't mean to sound that like i only read henry james but just no, like a i don't lot of, i don't either yeah like a lot of books that are uh like very now books i guess 
um, I find I really don't like reading. I don't always like the, this is, you know, the books that are so set in this world that mm-hmm. I feel like, A, they're going to be dated in 10 years. Um, and there's just something about that language that isn't always as interesting as any other kind of language. But she, and she was a writer for Entertainment Weekly for years. Yeah. So I know I read her stuff for years because I used to read that religiously. And it's that kind of style and tone, I think, where uh, it, nothing to me comes across as forced, um, but it still is so much um, deeper and funnier and everything else than uh, just very, a, a lot of, I think, books that it would be compared to. Yeah, um, she, I feel a deep kinship with her, mm-hmm. especially because of her her movie writing yeah she she is a very she's i know very little about her too but I, <laughs> except I just, what kind of pajamas she wears oh. I, I adore her though she is just miraculous to me did you look at um i had put this on our facebook page she gave an interview with vulture where she talked about like her influences hmm, i skimmed it to um i think i was on my phone so i didn't really like yeah it's it's worth settling. a read because it's it, it's the same like she said, like, V.C. Andrews was one of her main influences. I'm like, oh, me too! There's, like, a bunch of, like, similar things in there. Yeah. Of, yeah and you see, like, she's, I don't know how old she is. Um, I mean, she, she's got to be our age. I would think she's got to be a little older, I hope, because otherwise I feel awful about my life. Um, but she's still young. Like, she's, uh, I, I don't even know. But, um, so, like, there was a lot of that, like, kind of kinship, I think, just in that the three of us probably have very similar influences and sensibilities that she does as somebody in the literature movie world who mm-hmm. has the same interests, I guess. She's 43. 43. Okay. I mean, like, so we all have time is what I'm saying before we write best-selling novels and get me. She, oh God, I, I don't care what, this is the thing. This is why I don't look into it. Cause I don't care what she does, who she's like, what she does in her personal life. I don't give a shit. She's my 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 writing spirit animal. I can see that. She's just so fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now, so with the book, um, I definitely had also the experience of reading it, like where I was reading it on my commutes, and there was one day where I was going out to, uh, I think I went to like a Met game, and I was so excited because I'm like, oh, I have an I have like an hour subway ride to read. And it was, and I was so excited. And then I'm leaving the game, and at first, like some, like my brother and like my cousins are all taking the subway with me. I'm like, fuck, I can't read. Like I was so happy when they they all got off, like st- up very fairly quickly. I'm like, oh good. I'm like, oh okay, yeah, yeah. See you go. Okay, good. Oh. Like, I was <laughs> that so used to, happy that to get back. Used to happen all the time when I was still in, in New York, I would be coming home from work really late because I'd have to go for the train for so long so I was that's when I would do my best podcast listening and occasionally I would like if I knew somebody was going into Queens I would like sneak out before them or I'd hide in the bathroom yep. so I wouldn't have to be with yep. oh yeah I always I, I do that a lot because I I would much rather listen to a podcast than than talk to someone who I talk to all day at work generally yep. yeah um so yeah so we've all so I I did, however, make the mistake of I read the book and then the movie came out, what, a month and a half later and I went to see it. And I have decided I'm going on record. I am trying not to do that anymore. I am mm-hmm. trying to always see the movie and then read the book. Uh, because And because I – and part of this was our last episode of Read It Blindness, I found such a hard time 
really knowing how I felt about the movie because I was so close to the book, I had the same problem with Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I thought of this movie. Really? Yeah. I have um, some I, ideas, but, you know, not an overarching idea that I'm hoping, but I'm hoping you guys can help me with that. Um, I'm totally going to sidetrack for a minute. Christine, did you know Dark Places is, like, already filmed it in pro- post-production? Oh, Charlize Theron, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did know that, and I think I put it out of my mind because I might explode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so cool so directing awesome. it, too, aren't they? What? Who's directing that? Do you know? Like, Everyone in the world is in this movie, by the way. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, um, oh, it's Chloe someone... Grace Moretz. It's yeah, man. <gasps> I didn't know Giant. that. Packet Brenner, the oh guy who did God. Sarah. I don't know any of these movies. Oh, Nina Hendricks and Corey Stoll, who I don't know from anything except um, the Strain, movie. right? No, that movie that was just out. <laughs> Sorry. Ian, step up all in. Oh, somebody this, else would have laughed at that. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't see that. I'm sorry. No, he was in This Is Where I Leave You, which I actually really, really liked. Oh, I saw that, guys. This is where I leave you. That Jason Bateman oh, okay. movie. Yeah. Oh, that it looks was good. Really good. I read that book too. That book was very good, also. Okay, she did not adapt Dark Places, so I will be interested to see what happens. Andrea DiMatteo. Okay, we could go back to talking about Gone Girl now. I Did anybody know. say Ty Sheridan and get really excited? Who's Ty Sheridan? He was in um, Mud, right? Oh, I didn't see Mud yet. Uh, it's on my to. list. It's on my queue, all right? Uh, Sorry, I, know, who, I have to watch Big Ass Spider t- again. Who am I to tell you? I, <laughs> I don't watch anything ever. <laughs> um, so, no, Jillian, that, that is a good transition, because Jillian Flynn wrote the screenplay to this movie. Yes. Um... Which, I mean, can be a blessing, can be a curse sometimes. Uh, so let's start with that. Screenplay. Fantastic. Did we need to give a synopsis? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, you know what, though? No, fuck it. Because the only people that should still be listening are the ones who've seen the movie now. Oh, okay. So, so. at this point, people, you're, Yeah. And I think the trailers, I mean, other than the fact that there's going to be a twist or something you don't expect, um, the trailers pretty much set it up, like, what it is. Well, you know, I the trailers were, were so weird, because the first few trailers and teasers were, were really coy and really, like, just intriguing. And then the TV spots that started airing were, I thought, I don't know how you could have walked into this movie and not known that Amy was behind it. Mm-hmm. The last couple commercials I saw were very, like, the perfect date movie and just felt very, um, seemed to play up Amy as being clearly in the wrong and in the bad. Now, in the theater, the one thing, I was really excited to see it in a theater with a crowd because I wanted to hear the reactions of people. And I heard a lot of gasps. I heard a lot of laughs in different interesting places. I did not hear any gasping at the reveal. I did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. They did, big time. Um, Zach said he couldn't hear if there were gasps because yeah. he could only hear the anger ringing in his ears um, because <laughs> he, he hated her so much. Ah. Uh, and, and, and I kind of understand. I, I do, too. But, um, yeah, people were surprised. I didn't, think it, I didn't think it was that obvious. I thought the first um, diary flashback scene was a little too melodramatic. Mm-hmm. It was a little like, you guys aren't going to stick with this, right? 
Um, and that made it seem false. Okay. And I don't know if that was intentional. I feel like it might have been. Although I'm still confused, and this goes to both the book and the movie, I don't really know how much of the first chapters where any of that's real or not. Them dating is... I was going to say, Eric, do you have an opinion? Because I have a strong opinion on this. Yeah, the, the first few diary entries about them dating... Up, I think up until the move... I think up completely up until the move to Missouri is more or less real. Like, I think though, I think when he loses his job, mm-hmm. those might be exaggerated. And but I they're think all for, written after the... They're all written in the last, you know, the year she decided yes. she was going to do this. They're, they're all, all written, written in Missouri. Right. But but I think... And I think you're extremely right, Erica. I think that they, the, um, the stuff where it probably starts most when he loses his job but I think she probably that's when she probably starts to really play up how great she is and how terrible he is I think she probably padded how awesome she was throughout the whole thing but the events were true Um, because he goes through it with Boney um, when they when or when he's shown the diary entries for the first time and he's like yep that happened yep that happened and then she says you know the thing about um, Amy like, getting pushed. Right, right. And, he says, and he's yeah, like, I, I never hit my sure, wife. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, and and I I mean, I think it was, when you talk about the first diary flashback in the movie, you're talking about when they met, right? Yeah. I'm talking about all the early ones, yeah. Yeah, I think, but if you read those diary entries, like if you go back and read the book, that's how they're written. Like I felt that those were very true to how they were written. Like she's writing but like I, That's my question though. Girl. It's, but is it true to how it all went down, I guess? I think so, yes. Because it, it plays back into the cool girl speech. Like, mm-hmm. that's who she was being true. to get him because she knew the game that he was playing. And he was playing the guy that he thought she wanted. Right, right. So right, right. I think that is, the, that is legitimately, in truth, the way it happened. Because they were both playing mm-hmm. these people that they thought the other one wanted them to be. Okay, fair We're enough. Not thought and, that they knew the other one wanted them to be. And I and I completely agree with that. And to go back to the the maybe melodrama is the wrong term, but just the the tone and the flow of that first oh, it's, it's very. And I've even I've seen a lot I'm, of people write about that of like, really oh yeah, the, that, it feels a little Lifetime movie in the beginning. But I'm glad they whether or not that was the intentional tone of the of the book, it completely worked in in, in text. And for me, it didn't translate that well. Like with actual moving pictures, so I'm really glad they didn't continue that mm-hmm. and kind of maybe let that those two cool people talking die down a little bit because it was a, it was it was obnoxious and kind of hard to follow. Yeah, it, and it's... it was hard to follow, but that's but that's also what happens in the book is that they're two like their two cool personalities kind of tone down as they like as they well then in that regard it was and, very effective. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Those scenes all worked for those scenes all worked for me. Although they had a lot of sex, and I saw it with my mom, and that was a little awkward. (laughs) (laughs) The trying to think. The um, see. Okay, to go into this in the book, I guess. To me, you. You don't trust Nick in the beginning. It's very clear that you shouldn't trust him. He kind of tells you, I'm lying about this. He tells you not to trust him, yeah. Um, (laughs) You, 
I I didn't know any. I knew that the book had crazy twists. I didn't know what they were. And reading it, I did not necessarily not suspect Nick when reading it. But to me, in the movie, I never would have suspected Nick. This is my. I well. I guess we. Well, you said you don't know how you felt about the movie. I liked. The, I love the movie. I did like it a lot. I really enjoyed it. I do think it had like a really big fault though and that is like that is my issue with it is that well I mean there's really no way to you get so much more out of Amy in the book and there Mm -hmm. is really no way to translate that in the movie without completely showing it from her point of view also and like doing which does which narrative sense in that way yeah like doing a narrator like that's the only way we would have gotten the amy we got in the book out of the film but like that's my biggest issue with the film is that nick becomes a sympathetic character and he is never ever ever sympathetic you hate him the entire way through the book and you and you hate amy too but when when but I you fucking respect Amy, yeah, you do. I loved Amy. <laughs> I do. I I love her, but she's also a terrible person. But when I finished watching the movie, which I saw with Mike, my boyfriend, and my mom, I I was talking to the two of them about it and kind of making like comp- I was telling them about things that were mm-hmm. left out of the film that were in the book and like I was asking them if there were like things that I thought weren't well explained. I was trying to ask them like what they took from it to get more, mm-hmm. and then. It got to a point where I I started defending Amy to them because they were bad mouthing her, and they both <laughs> looked at me and they were like, "She fucking killed someone!" Like, and I was like, "But, but Nick!" Yeah. Like, I was like, "No, oh, Nick's awful!" Like, it was so hard for me. Yeah, I feel like most people would come out of this hating Amy. I mean, she is yeah. the villain of the movie, and I think. And I don't know if it's the fault of just when you put this on a screen, that's how it's going to play off. But I agree. In the book, I am I am ultimately rooting for Amy because I get to the point where I just respect her so much that I because, don't and- want them stealing her money um, in the cabins. I don't yeah. want her found out. She, the Be- world is more it's, – it's the Sounds of the Lambs thing. The world is more interesting with you in it. And you just have so much you, – you, what you said is exactly exactly right. And you put it into words that I couldn't previously. You respect her in the book because she spent over a year yeah. planning this. And it's meticulous and she has so lists meticulous. and books. And that is all just like so brushed over in the movie. Mm-hmm. You get like one montage scene over – which is narrated by the cool girl speech, which doesn't have the same impact it yeah. does in the book because there's too too many good things happening at once. It's just such an exposition dump in the end. Yeah. Because it is. It's like, oh, and here's where she faked her pregnancy and here's where she drew her blood and all this stuff. Whereas in the book, when you start to piece some of it together, like that she, in the book, um, she sets up that she has a fear of getting her blood drawn. Yep. So that just to add that layer of nobody would suspect I would have been able to do this to myself because I'm so afraid of blood. And then when I go to the doctor, I don't, he he can't take my blood. I'm going to be able to use fake urine because I've set this up. And the way she sets this up is this totally separate scene with Nick's mother and stuff. And it just, it is, it's the complexity. Whereas I think, and again, this is also just me coming from, having the source of the book to then having the movie, I feel like if I'd seen this movie, I would have walked out of the movie and been like, that bitch be crazy. Which is what everyone is saying. Yeah. 
it's psycho bitch this and psycho yep. bitch that and it's like no like yeah she's really intelligent and really plotting and uh, like and she's amazing amy she's, like yeah, but right? she is she's simply amazing christine where do you stand on everything um, <laughs> well, I agree that, that the movie does Amy a disservice, but I think it did the absolute best it, it could. Yeah. Um, but for me, I don't really... A- Amy and I had a very complex relationship, um, because... Are you like Hillary Handy? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how complicated it was? Because that's no, pretty fucking complicated. It's not that complicated. Um, Amy... Fake Amy, fake diary Amy, um, and then the little glimpses you get of the real Amy as it goes along, like she, she, she is a lot. She is amazing, Amy. She's she's sassy and smart, and she quips, and those are real things that happened, mm-hmm. and and that's great, and I, I believe that that is what that woman is capable of. But when the reveal in the book happened, I was so betrayed. Oh. Um, that that she wasn't real, huh? And you don't get that movie. Um, the reveal is works for the movie, but it, you, it's not the same character anymore. The right, it's not the same uh, complications of it. It's just no. oh, she was really pissed that he cheated on her. Like it, and, it's more fatal attraction-y than in the book where it's this source of pride and yeah. anger and, at I have I have crafted this persona I am the perfect woman and you made me feel like any one of these midwestern wives who you know should be eating a frito casserole and and, and I don't know if and because I obviously brought stuff into this movie like when when they when she um gets to the cabin and when you're like oh they're gonna totally steal her money when i knew that was gonna happen i was already upset because i got so upset in the book that they took her money because she fucking took time she She worked so hard to get that she this was all she had and she was so diligent about it and i really fucking respect that as like as like a crazy organizer like i am (laughs) and then that they took her money and the only time they were the ones who hit her first i felt so disgusted by that and angry and then i got angry at myself for caring about this person and i don't know if that translated in the movie <laughs> I don't know if all that could come through. Because, because it is did. like when she screams in the pillow in the movie to me, it just kind of felt like, right, the villain has a minor setback. What will yeah. she do now? They was, didn't go through how long and what well, like, where the money came from, which is. Ex- it, there was so much involved in her getting this stash, and she spent so much time thinking about how much and planning, and then to have it taken so quickly. Yeah. And it's again, and it's still that part where like these people to her are beneath her. Yeah. And and then and it, like that's one of I just remember this part of the book so well because she talks about how like you know she should have been able to kick them and punch them. She's like, but I am not. I'm a hundred pound woman, and there's two of them, and I've never actually hit anybody in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's that the, the humanness of Amy, which I mean, she is a sociopath, but she's not fully like there was a whole thing on one of the websites reading about like no it's not sociopathy it's anti um anti-social something personality disorder so on because the thing is like she feels she feels betrayed 
she did, in whatever sense, love Nick. And so it's not just crazy fucking bitch. It's super intelligent, uh, prideful woman who uh, this is, you know, who's been wronged and has to rebuild herself from all of these different directions. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I really did like about there was a few things that that I think the movie did really used well. Um, Amy eating food, I thought, was so great in the movie. Yeah, it really did work well visually. Just And, I mean, it got some great, very simple things that could get great laughs. Uh, Like when they're, um, when Desi starts putting her on the diet... And it's it's written so well because he never comes out and says like we're gonna you know you gotta lose ten pounds, but it's like but he gets you know makes comments about like there's a there's a gym over here, and they're sitting there watching TV and she's eating that creme brulee and he just takes it from her and puts it down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, See, and that but I feel like well I'm I'm hurt by how poorly underrepresented Desi was in the film. Okay. Yeah, that kind of. Um, so I feel like that's the only scene for him that does work. And after mm. that, all of a sudden she's just thin and like, there's no, like she's there for a while and he's like a month, I think he's controlling every last thing that she does. And I felt like that also was like, like just not there. I think, um, not having his mom in the movie yes. at all was a, for me, for, I don't know if it's because I looked at the casting but I knew that that she wasn't going to be in it. Maybe I read something, and that really bummed me out because I feel like it adds a lot of nuance to that character. Yeah, and the and they never even mentioned that. Like, according to the movie, Desi really did try to commit suicide in her bed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which he didn't. Like, it's and I just that and the and the the other female stalker is that Hillary Handy Hillary I can't Handy, remember yeah. her it's been a while since I read the book I can't remember her name um but I felt like missing the like her character and his um his frame job really like detracted it it detracted from Amy's character because it made it made her seem like more like that psycho who's just angry at men yeah oh yes I agree because the the way it's handled in the book is there's a with Hillary, it's such a great ending of that story because Hillary Handy is this girl she goes to high school with who Amy claims started stalking her and everything else. And then Hillary says, like, and one day she got a letter that just said, you know, forgot that I don't like strawberries, stood me up, was supposed to meet me after class twice and didn't. And just those things, that was enough for Amy to basically destroy this girl's life. Because, and it, it wasn't, I hate women, it wasn't, I hate men, it was just, you stop treating me like I was really important, and I don't like that, and look what I can do. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing she does to the other guy who is in the movie, the guy who she accuses of rape, and in the movie, it's, it's a much, it's a bigger story, and again, I think, same thing, I think it makes her seem crazy in the movie. Right. Because in the book, it's this guy she dated who got tired of her and kind of didn't fully end it. They have sex one night. She accuses him of rape. And then she just drops the charges and sends him a note basically saying, like, you know, like, same thing. Like, you stopped wearing the tie I bought you or something. And it's not about, like, you broke my heart. It's just, like, look what I can do. And And in the movie, it's much more like, nope, she she almost sends him to prison. 
yeah, the movie would have been, I think, more... It could have been more effective if they had used the Hillary Handy story instead, instead of, of that. his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I and then I might that. not have even... I might not have even minded that Desi... Like, Desi's story didn't get told. Mm-hmm. Because I think it might have been a little more obvious that, like, that's what she did to him. Like, he's just a creep in this movie, and he's a creep in the book, yeah. but at least he's, like, has... I don't know, kind of has, like... Like, you understand, a like, how tiny she helped him be a creep. Yeah. You know, she gave him the glimmer of hope that, you know, there's a reason for him to be so creepy. I did like that house, yeah. though. It'd be nice to live. House was beautiful. The heated floor, like the big comfy bed. Yeah, MPH could keep me captive there if he really wants. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of be okay. Like, I could picture it. Like, him and I would sit there watching, like, Broadway musicals and eating Fritos. It'd be kind of great. Well, no, you wouldn't be eating Fritos. Oh, that's right. Oh, you'd fuck. be having like green oh, beans. He'd be like giving me like quinoa, <laughs> like fake. Not he wouldn't even give me fake cheese. Probably. Fuck that. No, 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 no. I'm glad you killed him. He got what he deserved, man. He got what he deserved. Uh, the and actually, you know, we said the house. That's something else that I really did like. And this is, I mean, we haven't really brought up the fact that this is a David Fincher film. Uh, um, because I don't think the direction added anything to the film. I One agree. Thing I, I do think that felt very Fincher is the uh, the kind of the art direction, I guess. The houses and the suburbs and, you know, the way their house is this very McMansion type, which is in the book, but it's translated really well in film. There's no personality to the house. Um, there's... Uh, whereas and then in Desi's house, it is this beautiful house out of a catalog, but it's that same coldness. Um, I I liked that. I thought that the visualness of it worked very well for me in kind of establishing that. The way they establish the city as being kind of this ghost town now where the, um, ec- the economic crash has really hit it. Oh, there was definitely a lot of visual storytelling. Yeah. But I think any competent director could have done that. Yeah, ideally, yes. But yes. I don't. I don't know. I, you know, I have mixed feelings about that man. Um, oh, I, I, I know. And that's what's been interesting too about I think this movie is because the people Gone Girl had such a female audience, and it's one of those like it's not really a female book. A man could read it and would enjoy it just as much, but it has the. You describe the plot, uh, and it sounds very much like a book aimed at women. And the film was done. This, the film was marketed that way. Uh, and so you have. I think David Fincher is one of those filmmakers that, like, think of like our film friend fans. I don't know any women who would put him in their top three directors. I can rattle. I know a lot of people that think David Fincher is the cat's pajamas right now. Yeah, and they're all pissing me off. Every, and that's the thing, because they're treating it like very it's dismissive. They're like, like it's, oh, well, it's like David Fincher made a really good Lifetime movie. Which, um, I I think the movie kind of feels like that. But I don't think that's the material's fault. I think that's kind of cinema's fault in a way, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's I been interesting. I was going to say something totally different. What were you going to say? I keep seeing people, like, fawning all over David Fincher 
and mm-hmm. what an, like how how amazing he did and how great it was and I'm like dude like all he did was put it on film like that's not his I f- mm-hmm. they're like freaking out over the plot and the story and like the content of the film and I'm like it's Gillian Flynn that you should be praising yeah. like he just put it on film and he did a beautiful job doing that but I feel like he's getting a lot more praise than he should be I can see that I would agree with that definitely you know, it's different when when the director writes the screenplay and films it. Like, And there are those directors that do that or mm. that work on the screenplay with the screenwriters or whatever. But like he like she adapted it. It's her it's her material. She adapted it. And I yeah, he got great performances and the art direction is beautiful, but it's not his story to tell. No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. There's um, like I think think of uh, I don't know if did either of you see The Sweet Hereafter by any chance? No. Um, it's, I believe the screenplay is by the novelist. It's based on a novel. but and, and it's very different from the book. So there are, like, you kind of give credit to the novelist for that. But it's also directorial choices that make that movie what it is in a lot of ways. And you're right. With this one, like, I do think the visuals are kind of perfect with how they're used. But you're right. Other than that... It's a very clinical storytelling of the story. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. There's yeah, not right. like there's nothing There's nothing he does that I works. think Yeah, like if you were to put the same material in uh, I'm trying to think of somebody like a good peer of his to compare to I d- you might have a very different movie that has more of a director. Yeah, this doesn't you're right. It it doesn't have that much of a this director doesn't, stamp. Yeah, it doesn't have a mark of a director. It's it's the the content of the book mm. on well, film. Maybe like, maybe we can give him a lot of credit and say that he knew that the story and the acting was strong enough to just stand back and and, and put it on film. Yeah, very possible. Which is great. Good for I him. I just gave him so much credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, way more credit than he deserves. But it's still like my Facebook feed for the first like week the movie came out was annoying me. I was like, I, I hate that. all of you movie friends right now. Like, Fincher is yeah. one of those directors that I think inspires um, like cinephiles. And I don't really get it because we talked about this when we did Alien 3. Um, I, I just don't see him as the maestro that others do. I, I've, I think he's a good filmmaker. Um, I don't know that he is the game changer that people compare to, like, uh, Paul Anderson, Paul P.W., and not the guy that did Resident Evil, the guy that did the other movies. Oh, I um, thought you meant the Resident Evil guy. He's I, I feel like it's, like, that same people compare the two or kind of put the two on the same page. Uh, and, I mean, really, I'm not the biggest Paul West Thomas Smith guy. Anderson fan yeah. either. Um but I think it's that, like, and maybe it's just something I don't get and I don't connect to as far as I don't see David Fincher as the great director that so many people see him as. That might just be a very personal uh, taste, matter of taste. I don't know. It might be, but I was just thinking, what's the other David Fincher movie I super like? It's Zodiac. Kind of another, another movie that just was like, here's a story, guys. Here's yeah, some good exactly. acting. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't seen that since since the theater, but, like, I mean, I 
when I was younger and naive, I was like, I love David Fincher because I love Fight Club and I still love it regardless of what everybody says. But like, at least that had like interesting choices to to relate that story to film. And yeah, that's a very directed and, film in bringing the material to in adapting versus translating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he hasn't done that since that film. Because Zodiac is very much like telling the story. The social network is very much like just telling a story. And yeah. what else has he directed since then? I don't know. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which I, can't, I haven't I watched because I can't stand that Rooney Mara. Man, that movie is boring. Um, that's, that's my other thing is I find his movies all too long. This movie was probably like, it was not too long for me because I think I, you know, I, if anything, I wanted more because of the book. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was probably longer than it had to be. Do uh, you think of the material? It's two. This is a two and a half hour movie. A lifetime movie is typically an hour forty five. Uh, but again, like I wasn't bored watching it. I don't know if others were. It's again a matter of taste. I could have also taken a movie where it was just um, uh, what's her name and what's her name. Yep, sister and oh, crap. What is uh, Kim? Kim Dickens. Kim Dickens and Carrie Coon uh, were so good. I would I would take a movie that's just them as a yeah, buddy cop they, team. They were the best. Yeah. Um, and they're actually my favorites in the book, too. I can see that. Uh, the... Oh, I went to IMDb and now it's doing stuff to my computer. Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe that's what fucked my brows up earlier. I'm scared to go back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. Not going back there. Never again. That's why you use your phone, guys. Um, but it's all the way, like, I have to turn around to get it. What do you need to know? I might knock over water. I've almost knocked over my water glass, like, five times tonight. Um, well, I just want to confirm I'm saying their name. It's Kim Dickens and Carrie Coon, right? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sorry, I just Carrie yelled. Coon, Kim Dickens. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I always like Kim Dickens because I feel like she is, like, the female version of a character actor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Carrie Coon is just great. I don't, I don't know what else I've seen her in because my phone's so far away. Uh, but I, I thought she just, I mean, again, it was written so well. She was so really well. fabulous. She was so good. And I mean, the, I know the theater I was in, everybody laughed at virtually every one of her lines. Um, I, w- I was kind of ready to be, I, I don't think we've, well, she has been on SVU, so that's what you've seen oh, her I'm in. Oh, sure. Well, obviously I don't think you've seen anything else she's been in. Uh, she was on The Leftovers. She was on Intelligence, Ironside. It's all TV work. Okay. Uh, one in a Million, which was a short, and she was on the Playboy Club for one episode. Everything which, was what's like. What's the name of the SVU episode she was in? Um, it doesn't. Wait, I'm waiting for it to load. Uh, but what I was saying is, I was really ready to be disappointed by her casting because reading the book to me, she was just Deb from Dexter. Oh, that's a good one. I saw her right. as uh, Lily Taylor. Too. I did Jennifer Carpenter too for some Christine, reason. Christine, why are we the same person? So I don't know. It's that's so weird. It's because she's so foul mouth. She's like a sassy yeah. foul yeah. mouth That works so well. Oh, I was proud of my casting for Desi and his mom was totally Kyle McLaughlin and Jessica Lange. Oh, that's good. <gasps> yeah. Jessica Lange's so that's good. So good. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't tell me what episode she was in. Her name was Talia Blaine. Oh, so you it, know and that. it was in 2013. Oh, so it's a new one. Okay, okay, I, I got it, I got oh, it. Oh, wait, it's the, Girl the episode Dishonored. Was called Girl Dishonored. 
Yep. SVU discovers that a college may be covering up rape accusations against the members. Oh, well, I thought you were just doing this off the top of your head. <laughs> I'm not that good. Okay, I have seen this episode. I think this is one where they find out that um, they're putting like vodka tampons in to get drunk and oh, have abortions. Um, all right. I can't remember her in the episode, but I've... Oh, yeah, it starts with a redhead uh, almost killing herself. I've seen this. Obviously, I've seen this. Why am I even talking? Continue. How did you guys feel about um, Tanner Bolt? I oh, had no... Oh, he, so I saw also, uh, when I was reading it, um, I cast him as not Dylan McDermott, but the other guy in Nip Tuck, whose name is Dylan. Dylan Walsh? Yes. And wasn't he Wasn't he an African-American man in the book? No, in the book, he's white. No. His he's wife very is black. black. His Why wife, was I not I had surprised cast he was Amorosa Tyler Perry, then? I don't no, know, because he's very different, very different in the book, I felt. Maybe I don't see color. <laughs> well, when it's right him that he's white and his wife is black, I see that, Christine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. His wife he's wasn't like, in it at his all. His wife is black. His wife was Omarosa oh, from The Apprentice, I decided. Wait, his oh, wife yeah. is black? What? His wife was black in the book? Yes. Book. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe I just split the difference in my head then. So and maybe like, you, a white like, man and a black woman, are just the same? Is that what you're saying? No, but, like, I guess maybe that's why I I already had it in my head, so I didn't go, like, oh, that was bold casting. I really was just like, oh, Tyler Perry's yeah. the, the lawyer in this, and then I moved on. Um, I thought he was fine. Um, he was funny. And he, was he, funny. he nailed some lines. He did, yeah. Again, like, he also got great laughs. I had no problem with him. Yeah, I didn't either. I just meant that he's, like... He's a. I feel like in the movie he's a very different character from the character he is in the book. Because in the book he's very, he's described as like very slimy little, and like yeah, a little sleazy, sleazy, and like he's spray tanned with blue eyes and bright bleached white teeth <laughs> and blonde the fuck hair. Is I reading? I don't know what you're reading, but that's definitely his description in the book. And he's like he's very scuzzy in the book, and but he was actually like a really enjoyable, heartwarming character in the movie, and I thought that was an interesting change. Well, the uh, something interesting about the movie, I think, is the whole, do you like anyone in the movie? Because, I, I mean, I think everybody, you walk away liking the sister and you like Boney. I like Boney. I, I liked her at the end of the book. I like her at the end of the movie. Yeah. When, because um, uh, that's another thing I've read is a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, there's, I, I don't like the characters or I, I can't. It's hard to root for but, anyone. But can I, can I, can I really interrupt you? And I'm sorry. Of course. What the fuck? Why is it so important that you like the characters? Was the story compelling? Was it interesting? Did you walk out halfway through because it was so boring? No. Why are we so fucking in yeah. love with loving every character? But we, see, I we almost see ourselves in these characters. Go fuck yourself. Everyone's terrible, anyways. These are these are not believable to an extent. I mean, they, they did some extreme things, but some of the the smaller, you know, little indiscretions are super believable in what people do all the time. I guess I almost wish that the movie let Sorry. me not like Nick more. Yeah, because like like we were saying in the book, like I'm kind of more team Amy, but. I still know that she's doing terrible things, but in the movie, I feel like the movie does align itself with Ben Affleck. And I don't know if it's just, if it's inevitable because of how you have to see it unfold. Um, but that was, that was something that irked me. And I don't know where that kind of came from, I, I guess. I think he, we lost, um, this, uh, he's such a mama's boy in the book. And I think we lost that. That makes him 
unlikable too because he is like a, he's a pussy in the book like he just I mean he loves his mom and that's great but he's like just kind of awful in that regard in well, the he's book a pussy, we lost that but too we also we start because we're reading it we're starting more with Amy's point of view where then she's kind of lying about things about how you know Nick wouldn't go visit his mom but she would so you kind of like he's a mama's boy but he's also kind of like a kind of a baby so you do I think in the book you have reason not to like him that much for that and then the other thing too is the dad is a minor character in the movie and in the book that's such a that's a big part of Nick is that his father was this awful misogynist and Nick is afraid of that he does not want to be his father uh, in the movie, we just kind of get his dad occasionally being like, cunt, all women are cunts. Uh, and occasionally... Which got a lot of laughs in my theater. Me too, me too, actually. And in the movie, as a result, we occasionally have been Affleck being like, bitch! And that's a tricky thing, because I feel like that could be taken as like, bitches be crazy, and they're finally getting to Ben Affleck, because all these women are making his life hard. My TV unpaused, and I can't find the remote. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what are you watching? Um, I didn't know if you could hear John Cleese in the background. I have Graham. I had Graham Norton on. Oh, okay. I have House on Haunted Hill, the remake, on in the background. Oh, I just watched that recently. Yeah. I think I, we probably talked about it. Oh, probably. It's, you know, Chris Kattan getting some, getting some work in. Hey. Did I tell that story? We downloaded it and it downloaded out of order for some reason. Whatever. <laughs> whatever rip was on online and, and we kept getting confused and I thought it was interesting directorial choices until I realized <laughs> that we were watching it out of order. Yep. Make, makes sense in its own way. He was dead the whole time. Oh. It, was, it was really, I was like, this is bold. They're just jumping <laughs> through this. Huh? Movie. I had no idea. <laughs> but, uh, oh, one thing that I did just worked so well uh, in the theater was the character of Noelle, the, the best friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that actress. What is her name? I'm not Casey touching Wilson. her. Yes, yes. Every time her. she came on screen, like, or even when they met, and this I think was just, out, this was just done outstanding both from screenplay and directing because it, it's tricky when you, I was thinking about this, I watched a movie recently, I can't remember what it was, but like, I realized I didn't know the character's name, so characters kept referencing other characters. I'm like, but I don't know who that is. This movie, whenever somebody said the name Noelle, everyone in the theater chuckled because she was established so well as this type that she was so useful as a cinema tool in conveying so much and doing it really in an, in a humorous way. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, the movie kind of made me want to eat Fritos. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it didn't make me want to eat Fritos. <sighs> Fritos are like one of the few kind of chip things that I do have like kind of a soft spot for. So. But you saw like the direct result of them on her body and I was just like, oh. Yeah, but I mean, they're good. They're like that little salty. I, I was a dipsy doodle. Oh, dipsy are a little too greasy for me. They're a little greasier than Fritos, I think. Fritos are good on, on sandwiches, too, I would recommend. Okay. Anyway. Um, so what What more does ever... Oh, the cat! We didn't talk about the cat! There's a cat in the movie. It's awesome. He's cute. He's a cute cat. Big old fat orange cat. He's very darling. Yes. And I, I kind of like how he just sort of gets to watch. Like, I would like to see a cut of the movie that's narrated from the cat's point of view. 
That would be interesting. Wouldn't it be? Somebody get on that. Or I could I could try to make it with whichever one of my cats is the most cinematic. Project. Project down the line. That's you- a that's even another like just another point to the like to the book of how how much she planned because in like mm. he in the book she, he bleh, I can talk Nick sees the overfull cat bowl and is like oh one of the policemen filled it but really she did it because she loves the cat yeah like, and again it's a nice not, character thing she's not a crazy psycho bitch crazy yeah. psycho bitches don't like cats people have you ever met a crazy psycho bitch with a cat exactly. I don't think so don't answer that question uh, I thought something was amusing in my theater anyway. The biggest, like, ah! reaction came not at the reveal that Amy had done this, not at killing of Desi or act of violence in the um, cabin. The biggest ah! came when she's doing the, like, montage of all the stuff she did and she takes blood out of her arm. Hmm. People just have that much of a needle thing. It was the wine bottle rape that got my theater, I think. I, you know, it was by that point, I feel like... I was like, like eh, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like at that point, like, my theater was laughing more than anything. The entire, like, the Desi scene, it was, part of it might have been that, like, nervous laugh of, like, I don't know how to react to this, so, ah! Uh, but there was also, I feel like from that point to the end, like, and I think this is in a lot of ways like more comedy than a drama I can see that my theater definitely laughed when she got out of the cab covered in blood and walked up to Nick oh yeah and then what does he say to her when he like hugs her he's like you bitch or something Uh, more I don't remember he's like I'm gonna kill you it's it's something like but just and that scene is it's funny and I think by that point I feel like by the time you meet Desi and or she goes to Desi's house I think it becomes clearer that like this is more satire this is more I should be laughing more than I should be invested I guess I need to see it again yeah I I do too I think I need to see it a year after I've read the book Mm -hmm. and not like a month and a half after yeah um but yeah I think some people have said this is satire about heterosexual relationships and such I think one could easily make that argument um, and yeah I mean it, it is funny it's, it's an entertaining film do we have uh, any more or uh, are we uh, are we winding down anyone I think we, I think we might be winding down I, really I don't know I, I really liked it too and I, I feel like I spent most of this review being like well, it wasn't the book, Didn't but I did, page five. I did really, really like the film a lot. I just feel like those are the, like the things I had to talk about. Mm-hmm. I could see that because it, yeah, and I mean, we said going into this that we're talking about this as a we've all read the book, we've all seen the movie. There's mm-hmm. no way we can't be influenced by that with this kind of movie that's so close to the book. It's, I think, I, I say this often with the Avengers best case scenario this is this is the best way that this could have been made i think to to fit everything that happens in that book into a realistic runtime and to to nail the casting on so in so many regards like they did like i really can't complain about anything 
Yeah, and it's my the issue for me is that what I'm complaining about is I would probably not be. I mean, I wouldn't be complaining about it had I not read the book. But my problem is I have no idea how I would have liked this movie had I not read the book. Because mm-hmm. I can't divorce it. This, it's so close to it that I can't honestly view it as a separate entity. And usually I can. Usually I can totally look at the two as different, completely different pieces of art. Because they are. But in this case where the story is so much of it, um, it's just impossible for me not to look at them separately. I think if I had seen it without reading the book, I would have fallen prey to Ben Affleck and been like, oh, poor Nick. Mm -hmm. Man, that bitch. Yeah. That woman fucked his life and he stuck with her. Like, I think, but I think that's what the story that the movie told. Yeah. And I think, and that's what, why I am bothered by the movie. Not overall, like I... It's a po- I'm giving it a positive review, but overall that does stick with me and it bothers me. And I, I don't know how that could have not been done, but I think that hurts it for me because I feel like it reduces this fascinating, um, completely original character to the same kind of woman I've seen in a lot of like horror, thriller, Lifetime movies. So it should. <laughs> this is terrible because I'm like. It's like one of the things that I tend to complain about. But maybe it should have been two movies. Maybe it should have been leading up to the <laughs> reveal that she's alive. And then we could have had, you know, sufficient time to explore everything mm. that she did leading up to right. her actually leaving. Yeah. Maybe it should have been a miniseries. Could have been a mini. Everything should be a miniseries. Everything, everything should, should be a Stephen King uh, miniseries, right? Christine? I can agree with Yeah, exactly. All right, so ratings, ladies. Ratings, ratings. Quality of film? Quality of film. Um, nine. Wow. Christine? 8.5. Um, it's so hard for me to judge. Uh, I guess I would probably say eight. I'll say eight. It's well-made stuff. It's well acted. It's well lit. Say eight. I think eight's good. Okay. Enjoyment of film. Um, Enjoyment of film where, for me, the book is a ten. It's a nine. Wow, okay. Christine? Uh, It's a nine. (laughs) Uh, My enjoyment of the film is much lower because I, like I said, I had a really hard time experiencing this movie. Um, For me, it was funny, which helped a lot but um my enjoyment of the film is probably a 7.25 that makes me sad i'm sorry i enjoyed maybe, the movie i enjoyed it you're at least able four to get and a half more points distance. more than i enjoyed domestic disturbance maybe you could get more distance from it and it would kind of change oh yeah i i could very much see myself in a year rewatching this movie and feeling very differently about it mm-hmm. um so stay tuned folks in 365 days i'm gonna make good of my promise uh, all right, so that was Gone Girl. Um, and on that note, um, moving forward, do we have Netflix instant recommendations? 
Domestic disturbance. <laughs> uh, mine's, so mine's a total cop out, but I guess I have one. Well, why not? What you got? Because you were right, in a world showed up. I told you. So everybody should watch it. <laughs> Erica, did you see that movie? I remember you talking about wanting to see it. Yeah, I really, really, really wanted to see it, and then I watched like 45 minutes of it, and I got like sidetracked and a tiny bit bored but I was like I know I'm gonna like this I just need to finish it and I never finished it uh, oh yeah I, th- I, I you know what I think I tried to watch it while I was sick I was gonna say you kind of need to be in the right frame of mind yeah like, easily you could fall out of it I think there was like a period of time where I was like homesick for a few days mm-hmm. at like all at once and I like acquired a handful of movies that had like just come out and I watched a bunch of them, and then I think I, like, started watching that and probably fell asleep and just never went back to it. Okay. But I should watch it. Because I did – I really, really liked the trailer. Like, I really wanted to see it. Uh, my recommend would be a documentary called uh, The Artist is Present. It is a documentary about the performance artist Marina Abramovich or something. Some kind of name I can't pronounce well. Uh, some name. Some name. I don't know. Performance art. Uh, one of those documentaries that about, like, I know nothing about performance art. It always seems kind of silly to me. Um, but then you watch a documentary about probably the most well-known performance artist of modern times. And you see, like, oh, no, there's something to this. And, uh, I mean, she's a fascinating subject. She's really funny. Uh, the documentary is about, like, her her life, but more, like, her recent show. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, you find yourself tearing up and you don't exactly know why. So it's, I, fa- I found it, it gave me a respect of an art form I previously did not have much respect for, probably. Uh, and it's really entertaining, so go for it. And Erica loved Domestic Disturbance. Yeah. No, everybody should watch Gilmore Girls, although I'm only about one and a half seasons in. But it's really endearing. I thought it was going to be really terrible and about like this really terrible forced mother-daughter relationship mm-hmm. that I despise because I don't have that relationship with my mom. But it's actually full of a cast of really charming characters and they live in an adorable little town and I'm really enjoying it. Okay. And Jared Padalecki is on it, which is weird. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of random faces on Is Melissa McCarthy in that? Yes. Yeah. She's delightful. Yeah. She is delightful. She is a phenomenal chef who's really, really clumsy. So you would actually identify with her very well. I am such a phenomenal chef. Just you should just watch the first episode to see her first scene where she like gets into sixteen different accidents in the course of three minutes. It's really amusing. That's what I call a Monday. All right, so there you have it. We've given you plenty of things to go seek out. Seek them out. Uh, we don't know what we're doing next, unless Christine, did you have an idea? I don't. Okay. Unless uh, you want to do VHS and VHS too. Uh, do I want to? I don't know. You gotta look within yourself. Are they both on Instant Watch? I think so. Is, I, am, is that going to be like a really ragey feminist episode? Yeah. Uh, At least on the first one. Uh, we could do that. I mean, we said we're gonna do it. Do, are you okay with watching them again? So, so I don't know. Maybe yes. We can talk about it. We'll but, talk about but potentially. It. Yeah, people, uh, tell us on Facebook if you want us to do a VHS double feature. If you want to put us through that, because that's really what it's about. I'll, I'll make a poll even, because we're tech savvy and stuff. All right. So we don't know what next, but in the meantime, come to Facebook and tell us if we should watch the VHS movies or not. Uh, parting words, parting words, anyone? 
Peace out. Peace out. Thanks for coming on, Erica. You're welcome. And soup tureen. <laughs>